Welcome back to Voices for Kern, brought to you guys by Transitional Youth Mobilizing yeah, Change. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> this is where we talk about all the issues pertaining to our everyday lives. We talk about the good, we talk about the bad, and sometimes even the ugly. It's your host with the most, Victor Lara, and I got the crew with me today. So we're going to introduce you guys, your first name, last name if you want, your age, and what is your favorite memory or thing that you've done here at Time for Change? You, we can start with you. Okay, so hello, my name is Natalie Arseniega. I am 17, and my favorite memory from Time for Change is when I first got here. Uh, I felt very welcome. Okay. <laughs> oh, when we were in here? Yeah, yeah when I was oh, in this exact room, and I, yeah. I cried, and then I went to the meditation room. That was pretty fun. It was beautiful, huh? <laughs> yes. Oh, shout out to Kylie. She was there behind the scenes right now. She, she is behind, behind the, the camera scenes. Right now. <laughs> She's got skills. And we, I, yeah, anyway, I'm going to cry, so whatever. <laughs> uh, my name is Idel Nieto. I've been here for about a year. And um, my favorite memory is uh, when we did the shoe donation with Legion Kicks. Mm. That was a great time. Honestly, great time being out there with the community. It was amazing. Mm. Really enjoyed it. Big and facts. How, you were there. Big facts. It was great. It was great. Big facts. That was before my time. Yeah, yeah, it was dog. great though. It was great. We had the sweaters, we had Yeezys. Yeah, we were everything. in the hood giving them out right Bro, on the block. It was I wish I would have been there. I was in, I was vacationing, but Dude, you know, missed. I should have. <laughs> I wish I would have been there. You're always vacationing. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, you gotta live while you can. You gotta get it while you live. And I'm Jovan Dangerfield. I am 19 years old. Um, no, I'm just playing. I'm not. <laughs> I wish I was one of you guys though. I'm mad about it. My favorite memory from Time for Change is, ooh, what haven't we done? I want to say the Pasta Brothers. Um, the first time we did the Pasta Brothers promo and took um, some of the, the guys in, to ABC. Yeah, it was you. you. I was not there. You it was, weren't? It was one of the, I don't think it was. Oh, it was Martin. Dang, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I got this confused all That's the time. my favorite memory. That's my favorite memory. I, I think I'm going to have to go with the first time we ever went to ABC. Because I remember there, like, I told Jovan, I was like, man, this is like a once-in-a-lifetime thing. And he was like, bro, this is going to keep happening. And ever since then, we were there. Like, I bet we've been there a few times already. I was on Telemundo, too. So I was You're like, dang, he was, yeah. What I tell you? What like, I tell hey, you? It just kept happening. Next so. week, same thing. Current Living is going to come out at our park cleanup and shoot a whole episode with us. Dang. We're going to be, yeah. And, and so it's not the end. We're going to keep getting it. Yes, sir. All right, so we're going to be going into what we're going to be talking about today, and that is about being different. You know, um, being different nowadays is looked at as, as a bad thing. I think it's been looked at as a bad thing for a while now. And one of the things uh thought about when we think about this is, you know, who even, what is being normal? I mean, you know, who who comes up with, hey, man, this guy's different. Like, what's what's that standard that is set when we talk about being different? Like, who who sets this apart? So, what are what are you guys' opinion on? You know, what does being different mean to you guys? I think being different is not meeting the standard that people set for you. You know what I mean? Mm. Especially in your culture. Mm. I think that's where like the the being different kind of sticks out. Like, if you're Mexican and you don't act Mexican, I guess you could say, mm. you're considered different. <laughs> But other people won't consider you different, but in your own culture, you'll be considered different. I think it just it depends on where you're where you're at in the moment, where, where your environment's like, per se. Yeah, that's a, that's a that's an interesting point. I didn't even think about it like that because 
Yes, yeah, I feel like sometimes we our own culture is what sets us apart. Like, man, this guy's different. Like, for example, me when I go to Mexico, like, I mean, I'm I was born in Mexico, but I kind of grew up, you know, here in the U.S. So when I go and like speak Spanish over there, they look at me like, man, this guy don't know Spanish, and I'm like, bro, <laughs> like he's different. <laughs> This guy is different, right, but right. yeah, they call you no sabo and all that. Yeah, like, yeah. no sabo. <laughs> no sabo. What's that? No sabo is kind of like a slang term for someone that doesn't know how to speak Spanish or they speak broken Spanish. Yeah, oh, I'm definitely no sabo. Definitely <laughs> 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 when like when you're Mexican. So like if you're from Mexican descent, like say Victor, you're Mexican, right? Yeah. And you grew up like in a Mexican household, okay. but you don't know how to speak Spanish. So they're like, don't let's start a biblioteca. And they're like, oh, like you're no sabo because you're you're supposed to know how to speak Spanish because you're Mexican. So yeah. they call you no sabo. The pressure. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Who who decided what what's different? Like who gets the chance to say this is how we're all supposed to be, and then this person over here is different? Like who sets that standard? I just don't understand it. I never did. I was always different. Even when I was young, I was always different. I did my own thing. I moved to the beat of my own drum. I was independent, and I just decided not to care. And that's what's funny is like. You know, like you just said, like we're all different in our own ways. I'm pretty sure you guys are all different from all your guys' group of friends. Mm -hmm. So it's just an interesting topic to talk about. And, you know, it's like he said, what different is being is, you know, not being part of a culture. But what do you think about what is different? Well, I think the different or difference, it depends on the person's experiences and like how they were raised when they were growing up. So personally for me, I grew up and I live here in the U.S. and I lived in Mexico. So my experience growing up is different towards um, UDLs, for example. And so that makes uh, each of us uh, unique and different. In our own ways. Mm -hmm. For sure. And you guys, do you guys think this is a good and bad thing? Or like, what do you guys, what's your opinion on being different? Do you think it's, it's a good thing or not? I think it's a great thing. I think it's also a great thing, yeah, because it develops our character and it makes us unique and it brings diversity into mm. the room. Diversity. Ooh, Something we that's need. That's a good one. <laughs> you know what I'm concerned? I'm concerned about the people that are the same. Exactly. I'm concerned about the normal. If you see 50 people over there, I'm more concerned about what they're about to do <laughs> than the one person that's over here doing his own thing. Mobs are the ones that kill people. Mobs are the ones that storm the Capitol. Mobs are the ones that bully. Mobs are the ones that cyber bully. The people that are minding their own business, they don't bother me. It's the people that are saying, let's, let's have a mob mentality about anything. I've never trusted a mob mentality about anything. Which is why I hate cancel culture, just to be honest. <laughs> it's a bunch of people canceling somebody that they're jealous of because they're more rich and more famous than them. And because they're different. And, be, and because they're different, right? And we get to hold court on these people. Like, nah, yeah. that's society for you, though. Why'd you bring up, like, mom mentality? Like, do you think it's only a negative thing? Because I feel like you can do some positive with it. Hey, it can. I mean, obviously, we, the civil rights movement was, you know, there was mob mentality. Right. But look what it's translated into now. It's translated into anonymous people with fake profiles online saying the meanest <laughs> things imaginable with no cause with no direction no so i think it can be a good thing and then it also can be a bad thing in the wrong hands what will you do with your power basically in addition like the people that um hide themselves behind the screen that's what gives them the power mm -hmm. is because you can't really identify the person unless you go more into and uh, more deeper into it two types of courage liquid courage you probably don't know about that one you don't need to 
digital courage <laughs> is to be behind that page and go. If you need courage to say what you want, if I have something to say, I'm going to say it with my name, with my face, and I'm going to go out and be myself because that's what being unique is really all about. It's not about looking to this person or that person and try to be like them. It's like being like how I want to be. And if you get mad about it, so what? But it takes a lot of courage to have that mentality. To be a little different than others, especially when, uh, you know, like Javon was saying, you got a whole group of people thinking the same way and, you know, they're kind of just pushing you off to the side for thinking a little different, which is interesting because it happens everywhere. You know, I remember going up in school, that's how it was just you didn't kick it or you didn't think like like the jocks and you weren't a cool kid, you know? <laughs> exactly. How do you know when you're playing for the right team though? Ooh, I almost ducked under the table right now. <laughs> How do you? Because there's been many conflicts, you know, where like there's two sides and every side thinks they're right. But how do you know which side is the right one? You know who I think is right? Usually the people in the middle. And that's crazy because this generation hates the middle ground. But I think the people in the middle can find like things wrong with both sides and find better ways to come together and, and let us coexist. That's why I like Time for Change, because we're all different and nobody feels weird or, or outcasted because you can be however you want to be. Like, I love that. Especially, you know, I don't think there's, um, you know, following like this little trip from Germany where we're talking about politics and I was always in the middle. Like, I mean, there's good about this side and there's good about that side. And I felt like I was the only one thinking like that because everybody either had one side or the other. I was like, bro, you got to kind of see things they all get mad at you. Yeah, like, what, what you mean? <laughs> and he's different. Yes, yes, yes. Pick a side. Pick a side. It's like the same thing with, like, you. we would rather have, like, 20 churches with 10 people apiece than just have one church with all of them. It's like, why, dude? Because we we can't stomach the idea of somebody not thinking how we think. Yeah. That's the thing, though. You think it's, like... Intolerance? Yeah, that's what I was... Why do you think it's a thing? I think um, people are like naturally really prejudiced. I know I'm prejudiced in some sort of ways. So like when someone thinks differently, I become prejudiced towards that person in some sort of way. Maybe not like in the insanely negative way, but I have that, you know, that preconceived idea of how they can be. So like, for example, um, I'm Catholic, right? And then there's like, there's Christians and like some people are like, oh, Christians are way too, like, they're way too religious. And then people are like, oh, Catholics aren't that religious. They're not religious enough, you know? So then, like, people are, they have that preconceived notion of how they can be. And that's just religion. That can go with many other things, you know? Mm -hmm. So, like, I feel like the reason why um, why we all want to think the same is because we're all prejudiced. And we don't we don't want to have that little argument there, yeah. that tension between people. Even though they're, they're both supporting God, you know, when we're still going on a religious topic, they're both supporting God, but they're both, like, on separate sides in the I'm glad you went there, bro. I grew up Pentecostal. So that's like the a really, really tough branch of Christianity. And I literally, sorry, mom, what's camera? <laughs> I'm about to do you again. <laughs> that's funny. Oh, every well. Episode, every episode. I'm about to I'm do sorry, you mom. again, mom. <laughs> so look, we used to, <laughs> every, every episode, we used to go to church, right? And we would get out of church. And then I would see like other people at a church. And I'd be like, hey, mom, what's up with that church right there? We'd be driving. She'd be like, oh, don't worry about them. They're all going to hell. <laughs> and I'd be like, <laughs> And some of my homies would go to that church, bro. Oh. So I would see him at school the next day, and they'd be like, what's up, Joe? And I'd be like, hey, bro, you going <laughs> like, I just can't look at you guys because you guys are gone. Anyway, you guys going to hell. Right. And I'm like, <laughs> Throw those gasoline draws on. You guys are freaking gone, right? So then I was like, well, I started asking questions. What's up with Catholics? Hell. Baptists? Hell. Kojic? Hell. Mormons? Hell. I'm like, 
Who's not going to hell? She's like, us. <laughs> so there's going to be five people in heaven, bro. My mom, my dad, and my sibling. And <laughs> I'm like, heaven looks boring now. Like, I don't want to go, right? There's only two places to go. So I'm like, you know, and I say all that. And it's funny. It's a funny anecdote. But it's true. It's true to my life. Because then I grew up. And, you know, I've been to seminary. I've been to all types of situations. Um, and I've seen all these people with all these faiths. And learning how to respect them for that. But I was conditioned not to. Exactly. I made it out, but my siblings, they did not. It's a different story. They did not. So we don't always make it out of how we're conditioned, you know? And that I think that has a lot to do with how we turn out as well. Our, what they taught us as youth and, and, and to believe this about this race and that about that race and this about black people and this about Mexicans and this about, you know, homosexuals and stuff like that. It's like, why do I have to be, I don't even get a chance to explore the word for myself before I was already finding out people were going to a place where they're going to burn in flames forever and ever. How traumatic can that be to somebody that's 9, 10, 11, 12 years old? I think we have to blame our parents for that. And like yeah. the, older, the older generation, yeah. like we always ask, like you ask, who, who is it that um, says who's different? I think it's older generation that it's Ooh. always starting that conversation. Because as soon as you do something that's different from what they consider to be the norm, you're different. That's a bar, dude. You know, That's like, a bar. you know, you seen the movie Coco? The movie Coco. Coco. Have you seen the movie Coco? Oh, the, oh, of course, of okay. course. Okay, you know, yeah, you know yeah. how like the, the, yeah, yeah. you know, their whole family history, right? It's like them making shoes, mm -hmm. and as soon as he wants to start playing the guitar, it's like forbidden. He's different. He's bad. This and that. That's that's the same thing with every culture and everywhere. And it's always the older generation that gets in the way when someone tries to change. You know. You know, it's it's always the the older generation. This guy's snapping right now. You know, like I'm just saying, like I'm leaving. I'm about to go find my mom and just start fighting with her right now. Oh, yeah, how dare you? All right, so we're talking about you know being different and stuff like that, and you know we're talking about religion, and it's kind of interesting to me because you know when we think about religion being Christian, being Catholic, I mean all these things are kind of just like labels when you think about it because. You know, I've gone to Catholic churches, I've gone to Christian churches, I've gone to a whole bunch of different churches, and they're still spreading the same message, but in a little different way. So, why do you guys think all these labels are what make us different? Do you guys think labeling things and just saying, okay, well, for example, he's a Christian, so I'm not going to talk to him, but he's human just like us. I mean, why are we putting these labels on people and trying to make them different from others? Do you guys think it's just, like you said, it's just... Older people that just made these things just to separate one another. For example, race. This is something that, I mean, when I think about it, I'm like, who, who even came up with? You know, like, do you think people back when they were, you know, in the cave back then, they're like, man, he's black. I'm not going to hang out with him. <laughs> That's a good question, though. Like, you can't use my stone axe. <laughs> like, who came up with these? different labels and races and religions like like what what started that is what started this do you guys think that there's good to this i think humanity from the dawn of time has needed an understanding of people and so they categorize them to achieve that understanding you you can't people can't deal with not having genres have you ever seen an artist not be put into a genre even when xxx tentacion was out it was like where do we put him is he alternative? Is he rock? Is he rap? Is he hip hop? And because of how like gangster he was and the stuff he would do, they just put him in hip hop. And it helped them understand him better. Like 
okay, he's over here. People need to do that for some reason. I don't need to do it. I'm like, that's a musician. Like, what kind? I don't know, come listen. You know what I'm saying? But we still need to do that. Those are the Christians. These are the Catholics. These are the blacks. These are the whites. And really, it comes from, I'm going to say this, it comes from the lowest vibration ever, bro. And it comes from the lowest intellectual capacity ever. As a matter of fact, to prove it, the place where um, categorizing people thrives the most is prison and jail. Politics. You eat with the blacks. You eat with the whites. You do this with the woods, blah, blah, blah. It's like... The lower, the most lowest functioning IQ-wise people need to categorize more. And the people that get more understanding, they travel a little bit, they go see a little more, they they want a little more, they could care less. And it's funny though, because you know, when you talk about prisons and stuff like that, like a lot of the times uh, like here out in the streets, you know, you have your little different gangs, like you have the Crips and the Bloods, but then they make it a prison, they, they gotta be together. Exactly. <laughs> Genre's gone. Yeah, like all right. What a mind freak. Yeah, so it's it, it's interesting because uh we we label people just trying to you know make them different when why are we doing these things? I think you know in my opinion if we were all eating together and we had none of these labels, half of the issues we have in the world right now would not be you know like like you said in politics we have the Republicans we have the Democrats and you have to be one or the other you can't be in the middle. I'm not feeling like either of them. <laughs> Just to be honest, it's a bunch of factions. I might disagree with you a little bit because for me personally, I don't see labels as per se a negative way because um, <clears throat> labels kind of help you connect with people. So like, um, for example, I connect with people that are like Hispanic because that's how I grew up and that's like my culture. So I feel connected to them. Just because I'm in that label doesn't mean I'm not going to branch out and like, you know, reach out to other people. But also, in my personal experience, um, I had panic attacks and I didn't have a label for that. Like, I didn't have a name for it. So I couldn't really connect how I was feeling with it. So it kind of made me feel a little bit lost. And so when I was finally able to put a label on what I was feeling, it made me feel more more confident. More. Now, let me ask you this. Can I hug you? Oh my god. <laughs> oh, it's okay. Good guy, Javon. I know, because you sure weren't going to do it. <laughs> oh, He's all like, I don't know how to cover people that kind of well. I suck at it. You were a G, like you put your chin in the <laughs> Okay. He's like, what's the motion again? <laughs> I want to I wanna speak to that, and I'm passing around, but that's such a good point. Nothing in and of and out of itself is bad until people use it for bad. At the very bottom, finding ways to connect with each other. You like hip hop? I like hip hop. Let's connect. You like chess? I like chess. Right. You feel what I'm saying? That's cool. But what happens when it goes to, oh, you hate black people? I do too. <laughs> Let's put these hoods on. <laughs> it gets a little. <laughs> It gets a little ugly, right? Here, this is your horse. That's right. <laughs> it's humorous, but it's true. No, it's let's go find some. Let's beat them up. And this is where it goes. So I think nothing in and of itself is bad. So a label at its most innocent stage is, is cool. You need a way to label. What kind of hair does Jovan have? What type of hair do, you know what I'm saying? To, right. to understand what you're visualizing. But once you get into the clicks, it's all bad. All bad. So you know, it was interesting how you said that there's some labels that can be used for good because, like Jovan was saying, it's, they could. 
you know, like like he said, you know, I I grew up with a lot of guys that like soccer, so you know, it's like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, all, all of us like soccer. We're all Hispanic. Let's all kick it together. Let's all go <laughs> play a game of soccer in the street. Put some water bottles and just kick the ball around. You right. know, <laughs> so it's interesting to talk about these things. But you know, as Javon said, sometimes uh, labels can be used to keep people under. You know, you know, marginalize them. You know, and just make them. I, I guess it really depends on how the person interprets the label and how, like how they are trying to like if they're doing it for a good for a bad. Yeah. And it also depends how you mm-hmm. view it like and as an optimistic or like as a pessimistic way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's great, Matt. That's great. <laughs> I see it mostly on the pessimistic way. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, you know, as soon as you say I have a friend, no one really cares. But then, like, oh, when you bring up the race of a friend, it can be perceived in so many different ways. I mean, I have friends who are like. You know, I have friends from every different race, right? And then I could be like, oh, I'm bringing over my friend who's white. They'd be like, oh, he's probably not going to like our food, you know? Yeah. And, too spicy for him. And too spicy. shout out to my homie Chris. You know, that's happened to him so many times, oh, you know? And, and he's like a bird to me. But And then <laughs> and then, and then it's any other household, you can be like, oh, I have a black friend. And then they're also like, oh, so they're probably not going to like our food. They're probably going to be different. And it's always whenever you bring up that race part, that really gets to people. But like, if you just say, oh, I have a friend coming over and you don't bring up the race, it's like, they don't have any like any prejudice as to what it's gonna be like until they arrive, you know? And a big part of that is like the stereotypes that are associated with, exactly. with the labels. That's it, right? Do you know how many times I've been asked, <laughs> where's the chicken at? <laughs> have you ever been asked? He's off camera, but just shake your head, yeah? He's been asked. You like. You guys like orange soda? You guys like watermelon? I'm like, yeah, actually, I like, I like all that, but I don't have to. I just do, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, so for, I guess, as a kid, I, I remember grinning and bearing that stuff because I'm like, man, at least these cats are talking to me. At least maybe they're interested in, like, maybe I could become cool. Maybe I could be, I mean, I'm being honest right now. This is pretty embarrassing, too, by the way. Like, maybe I could become one of the popular kids if I just keep letting them kind of be like, you know, hey, this fool could dunk. Like, <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I cannot dunk. I cannot dunk. But I'm like, yeah, I could dunk. I could run fast because I want to be accepted. So I'm playing on these stereotypes. Even as we're laughing about them right now, they have hurt people. But I think sometimes it's easier to bear it with a smile because some of this stuff is humorous in nature, but harmful um, when you have to live through it. And then now I become grown. And it's like, I could care less about embracing any stereotype. I'm just Joe now. And I think that as you find yourself, you get more comfortable with being yourself. Yeah, but one time I was working at, when I used to work at Patent Express, and then these white guys walk in. Come on. And I was cooking, bro. And then they're like, they walk in, and I'm like, oh, how are you guys doing? And then he's like, hey, bro, he's like, you can't wait to get home and drink your Modelos. <laughs> and then I was like, bro, what the hell did he just say? Get mad, huh? What did he just say to me? <laughs> But then but in my have, head, did I was Did you have like, any? Huh? Did you have any? But I was just like, you know what, bro? You're lucky I like it, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was like, all right, you know, I'm going to just keep it like that, bro. Exactly. <laughs> I'm not even going to say nothing to you, bro. You just get your food and go. Exactly. <laughs> That's terrible, dude. Nah, but, terrible. you know, these are all bias and stereotypes mm-hmm. that people just say when they see you, they automatically think, oh, this guy, is he's going to like this. 
Or you know, or, oh, you like tacos, bro? Oh. <laughs> and if you don't know, if you don't like that, you know how to do something that mm. pertains to your race, you're like, what? You're Mexican. You're supposed to be able to do that. Oh my God. I, I remember bro. there was one time where uh, I was, we were driving past this house and I was driving with a friend. Well, not really a friend, more like a friend of a friend. Yeah. And I was like, that house is a really bad, like whoever mows that lawn is terrible. It's like, I bet you know how to mow a lawn. And, <laughs> and the thing is, I do, I'm I would have fought him. I, I do landscape me to my, when I, my stepdad. Oh. And I'm like, I do know how to mow a lawn. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it hurts when the stereotypes actually like yeah. apply to you. Yeah. You know what, bro? You're lucky I do. <laughs> yeah, like, you know how many You're like, whatever. You're just freaking doing it. <laughs> if, yeah. we, if we drove out of the field and he was like, I bet you know how to pick them grapes. I'm like, I do know I like. Right, <laughs> right, like, right. I've done that before. So the stereotypes are funny because they have a hint of truth to them. But when they're used from someone from a distance, it's like you didn't even take the time to get to know exactly. me first. They just have so that many idea. preconceived notions about people and about things. Like, for instance, um, like when we're coming up, maybe there's like a gay person um, in the locker room, right? And everybody in the locker room would assume that this dude was trying to get with us. And I would kick it with them because I was like, I don't care if you're gay, bro. You're the homie, right? And then they'll be like, oh, was that fool trying to get you? <laughs> so, so not only is he gay, he likes every single man that has ever lived. And you could be heterosexual. And if somebody treated you like that heterosexual, you would not trip. You would be mad. Yeah. Like, what? You want her? You want her? You want her? You want her? You're like, just like a dog, right? That's how we'll treat people growing up in the locker rooms. That locker room. Uh, I don't want to change in front of him. He ain't thinking about you. You know what I mean? But he didn't even want you. He didn't want you anyway, you know? And But that's how we'll treat people. And we have alienated so many same-sex oriented people um, just because we feel they're a threat to us. Sometimes people forget that they're actually people and they have feelings and like, they're not like, you're not the center of the, of the, earth, of the earth, you know? You're not, dude. Girl, you girls ain't even trying to get at these guys. And they're worried about <laughs> nobody wants you, man. <laughs> Fall back, dude. Yeah, so, them, trying to get at them, you know? Exactly. So I like busting those. I like busting through those. I was the guy that, like, if that guy was gay and I knew, I'd give him a hug and say, "Hey, I love you, man." Like, in, in front of everybody, just to let it be known, like, this is the future. I knew it was, and I'm glad I was right because a lot of those cats that I was with, they're bums right now. Sorry, guys. Desires. <laughs> yeah. They're, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're bums now. They didn't understand that the world was changing. They didn't understand how to show love in, in the proper way. The cream rises to the top. When you show love and you and you don't care about how people are and you let them be themselves, people never forget how you treated them. But they always forget what you say. Are you a parent, Javon? Yeah. So how would you treat, like, I, I consider that to be a skill, to be able to, like, identify those things that are going to come out. Yeah, 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 yeah. How would you, um per se, like, Teach them how to not be those bums, you know? Well, the good thing about it is, and we're gonna, we'll probably touch on this a little bit later, but I'm gonna touch on it just briefly. Your generation is the most adept generation of understanding differences that I've ever seen in my life. Mm -hmm. I've never seen, a, I thought millennials had it. Um, nah, we, we was on our way, mm -hmm. but Gen Z, y'all the ones. We so get stuff done. You get it done. And 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 then you also don't get a lot of stuff done. But <laughs> the, the stuff we got done, the stuff we didn't get done, you are getting done. And then some of the stuff we think needs to be done, you guys are like, who cares about that? That's the generational gap. That's what it's for. So when we come together, everything gets done. But as far as like my daughter or you know what I'm saying, I don't even have to because she's the one schooling me. Mm. Like, yo, like I, I this did. guy's this, this guy's that, this guy's trans, this guy, you know, this person's this, this person's that. Nobody cares. 
he or her is the homie, <laughs> whatever. So <clears throat> it's a lot easier. But for me, I just want to expose them to as many different situations. You know, I take them to Chicago, I take them to New York, I take them to Miami, I take them to Houston. I want them to see the world as it really is and not grow up in these small microcosms where everything's the same. All right, guys. So, you know, that was a pretty deep convo, you know. <laughs> but we're going to go to a little short break. And Time for Change just recently adopted MLK Park, guys. What you say? Time for Change just adopted MLK Park. Yes, sir. Oh, let's go. <laughs> let's so we're go. Give you guys a little short about what we're doing there and all the changes that Time for Change is creating there. Be right back with you guys. movie was hot yes it was i hope you guys enjoyed it and now we're gonna get back to our show so we're talking about what being different is and all these uh bias stereotypes and labels so now we're gonna be talking a little bit about diversity you know diversity in the workplace and politics and sports and anything bro bathroom <laughs> so uh oh. hey bro you be i'm gonna I'm touch on something a little bit right now all right so um, we're talking about representation, you know, how could we, you know, have all these different groups represent each other, you know, like I said, in politics, in the workplace. And, you know, a little bit about representation, the definition, the sole definition is the action of speaking or acting on behalf of someone or the state of being so represented. So, you know, being out there, being a voice for people, which is what we're doing here right now, so... We're representing. Yeah, we're doing our thing. So um, one of the questions is, do you think representation could be distributed evenly in the workplace? No. Oh, damn. No. I'm sorry, but <laughs> no. no. It's impossible. Elaborate. Yeah, do tell. Like, for example, um, not just in the workplace, anywhere else. I mean, because there's always going to be, like, a majority of a race or of, a, of like, a, a certain side. You know, like, for example, my old high school. It was like, what, 80% Hispanic? Like, you can't equally represent all the whites, Asians, blacks, and Hispanics when there's such a huge, and like, insanely huge portion of a certain race. Like, you can't equally represent everybody else because either one side's gonna feel like overrepresented or they're gonna feel underrepresented. Like, for example, if you represented Hispanics the same amount as every other race in that school, Hispanics might be like, oh, we don't, like, we don't get that much representation. And we're like the biggest part of this school. And it and goes anywhere. Workplace, like, workplace, anywhere. Like, there's always going to be that majority, and that majority is always going to get pissed if you guys don't represent them the way they feel. Is like that right? I feel like they will. No, is that right? Like, do you think is it right? right? Is it right? No. It's not. <laughs> no, like. But it's true. It's true. It's true. It's not right, though. Like, I don't, I don't agree with it, but it's always going to be an issue regardless. Michael not. Jordan just sold the Hornets. Oh, yeah. They're so garbage. He should have been. 
That shouldn't even be in the league. They, I, I wouldn't even have bought that team, bro. <laughs> Yeah, Michael Jordan just sold the the Hornets. There are no black owners in the NBA. Put on them games. It's a whole lot of black brothers running around dribbling, shooting, and dunking, and no owners. But then the Mexican gentleman can come and say, "There ain't no Mexican players." Yeah, we have. One. You have a couple. Yeah, a few. And then, you know, you had Jeremy Jeremy Lin, who was Asian, and he was like hooping for a little bit, and everybody was like getting happy because it was like, so I think that Udo's right, but I don't think that it's right. I think we should make more of an effort because I know some Hispanic hoopers. I know some Hispanic coaches. They belong. Why are they not getting the opportunity? What's up with that? What do you think, Nat? Uh, so I think that definitely we do need to have more inclusivity, but uh as much as you try to have inclusivity there's always gonna be like the stereotypes uh, stereotypes associated with them so um let's say you're talking about a team um the coach that's recruiting the team might have a negative association with hispanics so he'd be like yeah i'll i'll include you in like the interviews but because i personally don't like you then uh yeah you're not gonna get accepted and that's like the person the person's opinion and you can't really change a person's opinion you can try to but um ultimately it's up to the person to change and you know what like when she was talking about um doing interviews and stuff like that that kind of goes to what we're going to touch on next about affirmative action you know affirmative action you guys may not know do you guys know this you know what it is no. gen z don't know i didn't until you know it got explained to me right? yeah <laughs> i'll preface it like this and I'm gonna make it easy to understand. <laughs> but it's been like I'm five. How old are you? I don't know. Mentally? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you are five. Maybe you don't know how old you are. He didn't okay. even say his name in the, in the intro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he don't know, bro. He doesn't want to tell. <laughs> I would have done it in my hand. <laughs> He's really like 50? That'd be crazy. All right. My, my, the authority can never make someone do what their heart is not conditioned to do. This is gonna sum it up. My mom. Shout out to you. I know earlier it was bad, but this is about to be a little better. So we used to go like to the park, right? And do stupid things, right? And my mom would be like, uh-uh, your brother's coming. And I'd be like, freaking gosh, we gotta bring this guy with us? No, she's like, oh, he's coming or nobody's going. Hey, come on. So he comes and the whole way there, we're making fun of him. We're treating him bad. We're saying, you're, you're a loser. Why do we have to bring you? Should I be doing this? Sorry, bro. But that's basically what happened with affirmative action. The government said, uh-uh, we need a couple more minorities in there. We need a couple more Mexican people in that job. You got 80 employees, 78 are white. One is Mexican and one is black. No, we're gonna, we're gonna fix it up. But authority couldn't make people do what the heart wasn't conditioned to do. So even though they had to hire those people, they treated them just as I treated my brother on the way to the park. Ain't that a shame? That's affirmative action in a nutshell. Some people love it because it did open up doors, but some people hate it because they never made sure that anyone treated us good once we got to the job. And you see all of this, like the first black person to do this, the first Mexican person to do that, the first Asian person, the first LGBTQIA person to do um, whatever, right? It really had a lot to do with the government making people do things, but they weren't doing them from the heart, and it still ended up bad somehow. 
those people that got hired still got fired. They still got treated badly. They still weren't in the offices with anybody else. So it turned out to be good and bad. Like the movie 42, the one about Jackie Robinson. That's a great example. Exactly, bro. Exactly. Uh, I gave I gave an example the other time we're talking about this. Is a have you have you guys ever seen George Lopez? Yeah, no. of course. So so there's an episode where uh, he they try to bring him on to like a, a CEO as a CEO in the company, and he goes for the interview and this and that, and they're like, yeah, like we don't even need to see your resume. We don't need to see none of that. He's like, what you mean? He's like, yeah. He's like, you're hired, and he's like, why? He's like. You're Lopez. And then he's like, what does that have to do with anything? He's like, bro, like, you know, Lopez, you're Hispanic, you know? <laughs> and and that has to do a lot with this, you know, because when the guy explained to me, I was like, wait. I was like, that. They're basically trying to bring him on to, you know, bring that diversity to the company and kind of just, you know, for his last name, it was like, hey, bro, you got the job just because you're Hispanic. You know, we don't even care about your qualifications. Just come in and you're you're hired, which is it's crazy because it's, it's a joke but it's like it's true yeah <laughs> like it's supposed to be comedy in the show but but it happens yeah. it's kind of like we're talking about all these stereotypes and we're laughing about them you know like sometimes you can laugh about them but it really happens in real life and you yeah, know like the people can feel discouraged because they're not really looking at them uh like the person they're just looking oh yeah you fit the you fit the st- uh, what we're looking for so yeah go, go on ahead you know yeah you, you you're the right color we're looking so, for yeah. yeah i had a job once where dude didn't have my name right for like six months bro and he like he brought other people to mess my name up too like jerron's in here this guy's a hoot i was like jovan jaheem it's like jovan jerome <laughs> I was like, I hate this guy, right? That job was terrible. What happened the first opportunity? Was he white? He got to be white. The way you were saying. Heck yeah. <laughs> Jelani over here wants to go down. I'm like, look. And like, it's funny. It's funny for them. It's like a joke. But to you, like, your name is supposed to be your, rep- your like, own. Yeah. yeah, like it's not the hardest name. Push him into the freezer real quick. What's up, bro? <laughs> and when I got the opportunity to get out of that job, from the vaccine hire or not, I'm out. I'm out. Like your name is part of your own identity. So by them getting your name wrong, for them it's funny, but for you it's like it's part of my identity. Yeah, try just try harder. Yeah. Like listen to me. Like you know, but it doesn't happen. This guy, Jovan, he, he's, a, he's a hood. He probably listens to Tupac. And it's like, <laughs> I mean, maybe, but you're I listen to other things, though. You know? Right. You'd know? be surprised. And then he gets in my car and I'm playing like System of a Down. I listen to Beethoven. So, uh, exactly. I listen to Beethoven. I'm listening to Slipknot. And everything. then now you don't know what to do with me. You know, I, I busted your whole, your whole idea about who I am. Prejudice, you know? man, I tell you. Exactly. That's... It's crazy. I think that's why we all stick, like you said, like there's not that many Mexican basketball players or there's not that many, I don't know what the race, like black swimmers. Cause there's always that, like that preconceived idea that we have. And honestly, like you, you put a Mexican, like who's good at soccer and he's good at football. Right. Mm-hmm. I have these friends that are, there's a twins, right. They're both really good at soccer and they're both really good at football. And if they were to be like mainly football players, you'd be like, but you're good at soccer mm-hmm. and you're Mexican. Why aren't you doing soccer? You know? And if and if they were and if and if they were black and they were both good at soccer and fo- and football, they'd be like, Imagine how good you'd be at basketball football. or football. Yeah, like yeah. it's it's like it's always that thing. And I think that's why people like there's always that majority in whatever area. You know, like you don't really see like many black people or many white people working at taco stands. 
you're, you're obviously mainly Mexicans. And it's, like, it's not me being racist, it's just how it is. Like, Actually, in the kitchen in general, bro. Exactly, you'd be surprised. Like, Anytime I write the kitchen job, like, they're like, oh, yeah, they only speak Spanish. So I'm like, oh, okay. Like, I got hired on a job one time, too. I, I wanted to be a, a host, so, you know, the people that greets people. And then they're like, oh, you you know Spanish? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I know Spanish. They're like, oh, but we're looking for cooks, you know? And, you know, it'd probably be easier for you to do that. They're like, I think you'd be able to communicate with our cooks better. And I was like, well, yeah, I mean, I was looking for a job. So I was like, you know, whatever you got for me, I'll take it. And then I get there, bro, and they they literally just speak Spanish. So I was like, so this is why you guys put me in here? <laughs> like, this is why you guys Low-key put me Low-key affirmative action style. Yeah, like, okay, well. Yeah. When I was a kid, I wanted to be a... Uh... I wanted to be, we were talking about Marvel earlier in the break, right? And like, I wanted to, you know how kids will be like, oh, I'm Batman. And I'll be like, okay, so I'll come through. I'll be like, oh, I'm Superman. Be like, <laughs> Not so fast, buddy. <laughs> like, why? Why can't I be Superman? Be like, He's not black. I'd be like, well, dang, let me hit the comic books. Let me see who I could be, right? Black Panther. That's, <laughs> it. That's it. <laughs> but this was before the movie was cracking, right? So I didn't want to be him. He's dressed like a cat. I'm like, nah, heck nah. I'm, I'm shooting these webs no matter what y'all think. They're like, don't listen to him. He's black. He can't be Spider-Man. He can't be Superman. He can't be Batman. And that's where representation came into play because I didn't see anybody on the screen that looked like me. So I couldn't be. And, and even worse for girls, like I remember... This is a bad confession. I remember telling her girl when she started crying when we were kids, you could be Superman's girlfriend. Has anybody ever said anything like that? Probably. I bet somebody in here has. Like, the girl wants to be a Marvel hero, and you're like, nah, you could be Spider-Man's girlfriend. You could be Mary Jane. You could be, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, that's why representation matters so much. That's why it was so big for The Little Mermaid to have locks. That's why it was so big for movies like Coco. Um, to pop, you know, because right. it, it, it celebrated an entire heritage and gave um, all of us a, a look. Um, Shang-Chi, the, the Legend of the Five Rings, huge for Asian. Great. That movie's amazing. That huge so for good. Asian people. Huge. Because they get to see people that look like them. It's a big deal. Not talking about movies, like, they're going to make a new movie and they're going to try and incorporate... What movie was it? Well, I'll give an example of The Little Mermaid, right? Mm -hmm. So they incorporated, like, the black race, right? Um, the way I saw it was like uh, Ariel was meant to be like representing like the, the redheads, right? So, so how does how is that like controversially like you're 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 like changing redheads for like black representation? But there's already characters that have their representation and they're meant to be that. Like if Tiana was suddenly Mexican, like that's where you get into the controversial topic about outrage. it. Like there would be like yeah. That Mm -hmm. I can see it. And I love Princess of Frost. Great movie. Mm -hmm. Oh, that, that's the prince from the Princess of Frost. I, I love that movie. That's getting a little confusing because then, like, they released the new Spider-Man and he's like young and he's black and then they got the older Spider-Man he's white and I guess they're just saying anybody can be Spider-Man which kind of takes away the luster of being Spider-Man because now anybody can be him. So, yeah. I, I, I don't want to be him anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be Black Panther now. <laughs> he's, he's, he, he turned out to be cool. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know. Or didn't they just make like a new superhero too? Uh, what's the name of uh, the one that Dwayne Johnson come out, came out in? Oh, uh, well, Black, uh, Black Adam? Adam or something. I, I, I haven't seen that movie, bro. It was terrible. It was Garbaggio. I, I didn't Sorry, watch it, dude. bro. But, yeah. you know. He had powers. But why you gotta be Black Adam? How can we just be Adam? That makes me mad too. I'm Black Adam. What if I came here and said, "Hi, I'm Black Giovanna." <laughs> terrible, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like they forced the representation though. They, Ooh. You know. 
But but because they have to, right? No, nah, but I feel like that's it's like it just it doesn't feel natural. It just feels way too like simple terms. It feels artificial, you know, like uh, and it, and then it kind of like it makes it corny. Like oh, like just because this this and that, like this has to happen now, you know. Mm. And I feel like there's nothing wrong with it, but I feel like if they did it in a more natural way, no one would have a problem. Like it depends how you incorporate the racist? the character, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. We're listening. Oh, um, I was just saying that how you incorporate the characters. So, like, for example, in the new Spider-Man movie, the way that they incorporated Miles Morales, it fits to the story, so people naturally accepted it. Whereas, like, uh, the Little Mermaid had like some backlash because all of a sudden the characters took strange. Strange. Just like, you know, one one day to another, like, and it didn't matter to me if she stayed white. To be honest, because like, that, that's how it was. that's how she was in the cartoon. Yeah. So it's like no big deal for me. My little nephew, because we were watching the movie and like you know they play the trailer and then he's like, wait, she's black? And I was like. Apparently, bro. Right, right. Because, <laughs> you know, like she said, you know, like, you know, she was, I didn't even think about her representing redheads because when you think about it, there's like. Ariel. She, yeah. She had vocals. <laughs> I kind of hit that note. But um, yeah, 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 yeah. But it's like representation is also sometimes like a, a, a black hole or a never ending tunnel because now people are like, oh, well, Ariel was light skinned. But we need some dark sisters now to be so it's like it never goes. And then after Ariel gets in and then a dark one, they're like, nah, we need bigger women. We need some BBW Ariel, right? <laughs> She's in there swimming. Is it not true? It's funny, but is it not true? It never ends. But here's the thing. The thing is you can never please every single person. There's always gonna be one person that's always gonna be complaining. So you can't really target every single let the government say that though. They'd be outside with pitchforks, which has happened before, as we know. But let the government say that. So this is like, I'm glad that we're talking about this in a way where it's like, we're just saying how we feel and we're not really saying we have the answers because this is a problem that the brightest people in the world have not yet been able to really deal with because it's a matter of the heart. We wouldn't have to do all this if people had better hearts. It's really about how we treat each other. The law doesn't have to come in and tell me to make sure I'm around Mexican people or gay people or Asian people because my heart is already conditioned for everybody. So where's your heart at? Again, like I think that also comes back to like how you were raised. So for me personally, I was raised on treat others how you want to be treated. So that was the rule we had in kindergarten. Is that the golden rule right there? Yeah. yeah so like in middle school, um, there was these two girls. Um, they were different from everybody else. They were, they were white, you know, like they weren't really accepted because our middle school was mostly Hispanic. And I, I went back to the golden rule, as you said, um, treat others how you want to be treated. They would be excluded. So even my friends would be like, yeah, don't hang out with them. Like, I, I don't agree with you. So I'd go up to them, even by myself, and I'd be like, hey, do you want to come eat lunch with me or something, you know? And I made a good friendship like that. That's crazy. Wow, you some great points, Nat. Yeah, so, you know, going towards representation and that, so... <laughs> You know, you get, it feels like we kind of made a progress, you know, like you, you're you not seeing things how your friends are seeing them. And it's crazy because uh, when you think about it, I feel like nowadays there is some people that, you know, that do see things a little different. But I haven't really seen anybody in like my age group say like, no, nah, I don't want to kick it with them because of their skin color or because of this or because of that. Usually it's like, nah, I don't like that person because, you know, it'll be some BS or like, oh, he talked to me this type of way. And I didn't. He stole my girlfriend. Yeah, he stole my girl, you know, and he left me heartbroken. And, you know, so, 
you know, talking about progress and all this, how do you guys, in representation as well, how do you guys think we have gone since, you know, years back, since when Jovan was a kid? Do you guys think we progressed? Um, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hold on. <laughs> totally different generations. Totally different generations. He's got a point. He's got a point. I bow. I bow. Because, hold on, like, when you were a kid, they, I mean, this is going to sound bad, but when you were born... <laughs> Did they have TVs yet? Is that what you are going to say? No, no, no. Not TVs. Did you guys have, like, like an iPhone yet? Nokia. <laughs> <laughs> Very durable. Yes, that's fine. <laughs> durable phone. No, but exactly. I'll wait till the camera goes off to share my real feelings about what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> no, but... So you guys think we've actually... Do you guys think we've made some progress in these type of areas when, you know, bringing more equality or you know more diversity into the workplace you guys think we've made any type of significant changes i think we have you go first i think the ladies first <laughs> um, representation may need to go too no, I'm just yeah. Yeah. it goes both ways it goes both ways our genders are equal yeah. <laughs> hey i wasn't fighting for that now you go, go to war i'm staying i'm cleaning i'm good what are you saying now? What was the question again? <laughs> <laughs> Do you think we've made progress? And if not, where could we make the progress? Uh, so I think we have made progress. I've seen a lot of like in society on YouTube, like, you know, uh, social media platforms, uh, people coming and saying, uh, we've broken. Uh, barriers? No, 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 not barriers. Um, generational trauma. Mm. How so? Uh, so like, <laughs> so like, um, please go on while I think. Oh, <laughs> oh damn. That, no, I'm lost. <laughs> we've, we've come far. I think that's evident that we have come a mighty long way, but, um, I think we have gotten better at shutting up about it. Exactly. Cause I've, I mean, exactly. I've seen, I think. We, I mean, we always say like, oh, like we don't want to hang out with that person. But some people are, they're still racist in that sense. Like, um, actually, I was at my uh, cousin's quinceanera and it was the day after. And you guys were doing the Juneteenth thing. And they're like, oh, we don't got school. We, they, he, was, he was summer school, whatever. And he was a chapelan. He, he danced in, the, in her party or whatever. Mm. And they were like, oh, we don't got school the next day. Monday and they're like oh why it's like oh some like stupid Juneteenth thing and I was like oh yeah like <laughs> yeah like you know Thanks, guys. we did that and then it was like oh like you work with black people and I was like yeah like my my like my boss basically is black and he's like he kind of just gave me this disgusted look he's like imagine and I was like oh whoa, whoa, wait, a <laughs> Hold on, wait a minute wait a minute who's this my, guy <laughs> my, cousin, my cousin was there and she kind of just gave me this look and I was like like this kid is like he's like 15 but he's acting like this like dude like and he'll never hang out with that kid again bro no and i was like dude like what do you mean he's like i don't like black people and then he said but he said as a he said like as a joke apparently but he was laughing and i was like that ain't funny bro like and it, it's like the thing is i felt like he felt safe saying it because he was around his friends and his friends were laughing about it i was like that's not funny bro. like even as a joke it's not funny and i was like dude like that's just you're just weird, bro. I'm sorry. That's just something weird to say. And I guarantee you, if there was a camera out, or you wouldn't say that like to anybody in person or like to the public. But when he's with his friends, he'll let he'll let this lung go loose. But like right. as soon as you know he's around those people, he bites that tongue and doesn't say a single thing. You know. Right. And that's like I feel like that's something it's like sad. we've gotten. They've they've been able to like not say it to the point where like everybody hears it. 
Because back then, I mean, people were really open about them being racist. Right, And now right. people are, like, really closed off because they're scared of the repercussions, which is a good thing. Brother Donald, though. Brother I, Donald. I do. He, he has power, though. Let's be honest. Brother Donald made people feel really comfortable jumping out the window saying some wild stuff. But I, I think in the sense of what we're all trying to say is we've grown, but we got a long way to go. And social media just made it hey, much easier. He was from a whole different generation as well. As well, <laughs> as well. Yeah. yes. Yeah. He likes Kanye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> Kanye or Ye? He likes Ye. Yeah. He's like, I'm gonna bring up Little Pimp. And it was like <laughs> Little Pump <laughs> and Little, uh, he called him Little Pimp and he came up to the stage and he was, and he freed Kodak too. Oh, yeah. and, he freed Kodak. Why? Oh, and ASAP. ASAP Rocky too. Hey, we can't forget about ASAP. Four black people. <laughs> Whoop de doo. And that's. Hello, Wayne. Hello, Wayne. All rappers. <laughs> hey. Oh, sorry, my bro. God. Why didn't he free the homie I got out here? It's got to be somebody famous that's going to vouch for him. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I love ASAP, though. But I want to say this too about bias. Even we can be like same race biased. Oh, and I won't take too man. long on this, but we could be same race biased, bro. Cause I've been in like New Orleans and stuff and turned a corner and seen a few black folks and been like, good, this bro. chain's going in, this, yeah, this phone, I don't got it. Take the watch yeah. off, put it, put it in my and pocket. Saying, oh, you're afraid of your own people? So I've been there before. There was this time back in sixth grade where I was, um, I was in after school program and I had this friend, his name was Jaden. He was like seventh, eighth grade. He was an older kid and he was black. And I was chilling with my friend, and it was just us three. And he's walking up, and my mom's calling me, but I have my phone sitting like on the side. And I, I kind of snatch it because my mom's calling me, and like my mom, if I don't pick up the phone, oh, yeah. it's over. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. it's over. Wow. Um, so I picked it up quick, and I did it as he was walking up. So as I'm talking to my mom, and I hung up, he's like, "Damn, you really thought I'm like that?" And I was like, "What do you mean?" He's like, "You really think I'm gonna do you like that?" And I was like, "What are you talking about?" He's like, <laughs> and, I, and I was like, "Wait, what is this guy out about?" And then. <laughs> And then he was like, he's like, why, why, did you, why did you take your phone? And I was like, my mom was calling me. He was like, uh-huh. Like, you think I'm going to rob you? I was like, what? Oh, my was like, God. Like, bro, it's not even like that. And he was like, nah, it's cool. And he just walked. And, it's, and we usually just chop it up outside. But the, that day, he was it was different. He was mad. He was mad. And he was like, nah, bro. Like, So we're going to have to cut this a little short. You know, we weren't out of time. Good talk, though. Yeah, good. Good we're going to continue this because, you know, we didn't. We didn't talk as much as we should have, but so we got some questions here, and we got, you guys are gonna take a question, and we gotta answer them. So, um, let's have you take a question, and let's have you take a question. We're probably gonna get to you too. I mean, if we have time for us, let me hold one. No, he said, "Let me hold it." He said, <laughs> 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 "All right." Oh, a good one. Uh, Wait, hold on. All right, ready? Let's oh, that's fire. Okay. And try to answer it in like. 20 seconds or less, take the challenge. All right, and cool. we can get through as many as we can. All right, then you go first, then you, then you, then I'll go. Okay, cool. All right, cool. This is a strong question. Okay. What do you think causes the stigma around Gen Z? 20 seconds. <laughs> oh, is it just for me to answer? Yeah. yeah. And we'll like feed oh. off you like for a second or so. Um, stigma around Gen Z is that, that we're kind of like the perfect generation, like we're we're improving a lot, but in reality, we have a lot of work with or a lot to work on. And yeah. Stigma around Gen Z is because they don't have like the attention span because of the internet. They uh. People feel like they're going to do terrible at regular jobs um, and like always be like off topic and hard to keep up with in meetings and providing terrible customer service. 
That's a stigma. I feel like people think we're really lazy too because of just the internet and all that. We, all, we depend on it too much, they say. I'm gonna just say this, like, I feel like every generation, like, that was before us, like, just, or before any generation, I was like, oh, these kids are gonna ruin this. And I feel like it's been like that for every single generation growing up. So I feel like this, like, stigma is just there for, so I'm pretty sure in a few years, we're gonna think about whatever generation is next, like, oh, they're gonna ruin us. So <laughs> I feel like it's just something that straight up naturally happens. <laughs> what you got? I got. What TV show should I watch next? That's a good one. What you got? You can go first. I, um, I will say watch um, TV show. TV show. I don't really watch TV, bro. I watch Netflix and Hulu. Netflix. What's, what's on Netflix? Um, I would say watch. If you've never seen this show, you should watch Snowfall. Oh, Snowfall. Snowfall's great killer. show. I'd say All-American. I'd say oh, The Fosters. American. Fosters? Dude. Breaking Bad or Better Call Saul. Ooh. Ooh, you're Very a little young cool. to be watching that at five years old, don't you think? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Last, well, this is mine. Best fashion advice on a budget. I'm glad you asked. All right, so this is how it goes. Everything's cheaper in LA. Mm. Everything. I don't care what it is. If it's a $400 Versace shirt, it's $150 on LA. Okay, for real, for real. You just got to know where to go. Also, Get things that are out of season and make them come back in season. So when things are in season, they're going to be hella expensive. But when they're out of season, you can get them cheaper and then they come back around. Don't ever buy anything when it first drops. Don't be that guy. Let those Jordans come out and then go back and get them later. You're going to get them for like $125 at an outlet. Mm. I could do this all day, so I've just spent my 20 seconds because I like fashion. I'd say pro clips. You know, like five buck shirts. You know, you always look fresh in them, one color. You're gonna get stereotyped though. I don't care, you know, bro. Like you're straight off the block. I, I have, I have gone stereotyped, yeah. but hey, I like the duty of it, and they're cheap, reliable. Where's that white at? <laughs> no, asking you. First time I wore one, I got called a gangster, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter. Though. I can't wear them. We're gonna be at MLK too soon. Oh no. Nah. <laughs> I've worn, I've worn some. Of them. I bet. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So stereotypical, Lil Ross. Oh Ross. Oh of course. Oh, yeah. yeah, Ross is Ross cheap. Didi. But it's always ran through. It always looks like freaking there's a riot hidden, just happened. There's hidden hidden gems in there. Yeah, you Somewhere gotta, you just had to dig, dig deep. That, yeah, you do have to dig deep. And fight some seven-year-old grandma. <laughs> <a> pair of drawers. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we had a great conversation today, guys. I hope that you guys can go back and take this home and maybe have these conversations within your friend group, you know, your families. And yeah, man, so... I'm glad you guys are here. Hopefully we get to continue this conversation some other time. And I got one question for you guys. What time is it? It's time for change. change. Yep. Yeah.